guys. You're listening to Mama Knows Podcast with your host, Nina Cavajola, aka Balconina. Join in weekly as she walks alongside you to navigate topics around motherhood, mental health, self-love, and relationships. The good, bad, and funny. I wanted to talk about ACE scores because Lavinia in episode three brings up ACE scores and how the adverse childhood effects, aka childhood traumas, can play a role in our mental health in adulthood. And I was intrigued. So I found Dr. Joseph Elfar, who's a psychiatrist, and I found him on social media. I asked him to come on my podcast to talk about ACE scores, to talk about the history of them, what they mean, what the heck can they do to us, and what now? Like, I know my ACE score now. What do I do with it? He is coming on to chat about all things A-score. He even touches on getting psychiatric help and therapy in today's world. Hi, Joe. Thank you for coming on my podcast. I'm so excited. This has been a long time coming. We've had to cancel how many times now? You're sick. I'm sick. I'm traveling. You're a traveler. Yeah. traveling so we finally made it work and we are here to talk about a scores and first i want you to tell everybody about yourself who you are what you do and what we're going to talk about today so my name is uh, joseph far i'm a resident physician um after finishing medical school i began training to become a psychiatrist uh currently i'm finishing up the second year of training out of a total of four years to become a general adult psychiatrist and then possibly fellowship after that, you know, still undecided. Um, in medical school, we got to go through all of the core rotations. So internal medicine, surgery, OBGYN, pediatrics, neurology, and of course, psychiatry. I personally felt drawn to psychiatry because of the nature of the work and my interest in the psychopathology. I really like that. So I guess what we're going to talk about today are ACE scores and ACE stands for adverse childhood experiences. Awesome. And the reason I wanted to talk about this, my episode number three, I talked to an inner healing coach, inner child healing coach, and she brings up ACE scores very briefly. And it left a lot of questions from my listeners. Like, what's it, what's that mean? What, what do I need to have gone through to know if I have this ACE score, et cetera? So I know quite a bit about ACE scores because I, you know, we we talked about this off screen. I'm a Googler. I Google yeah. everything. <laughs> so am I. So am I. So don't worry about that. Yeah. Um, but one thing I'm going to throw a loop at you. One thing I ask all of my podcast experts. So when people come on my podcast, they're experts typically. And all my listeners are like, oh, that's an expert. But everyone struggles in one area of life and is thriving in another area of life. I want you to tell me what is one thing right now in your life that you're thriving in and one thing that you want to work on and or are struggling with? Ooh, you know, I'll tell you something. I knew you were going to throw a curveball at me. There was something that was brewing and I was like, I knew she's going to. Well, okay, <laughs> fine. One thing I think I'm striving in right now. So I'll tell you, I'm, you know, I, I, I'm a person of faith. I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm an Orthodox Christian. And uh, one thing I've been doing for the past two weeks now is I have a long commute to work. 
uh, I've been, I have like this audio Bible on my phone and I've just been listening to the Bible like back and forth. I've like, I'm like halfway through the first five books of the Old Testament. Like I'm, I think I'm always almost all the way through. Um, and I like really needed to like start doing that. I wanted to like, you know, really get serious about that. And I'm happy I'm doing that. You know, hope, I don't know how much is being retained, but you know, mm-hmm. I, I think, I think I'm doing that. That's I'm awesome. Yeah. And what's something that you're struggling with right now? I don't want to say, I guess I don't want to say struggling per se, but I think I could be doing better. I, I'm I'm trying to get very serious about my physical health. I actually have this coach. Uh, his name is Mina Stefanos and he's on Instagram. He's, he's one of my friends. And uh, when he's my coach, he is not my friend at all. Uh, he like kicks my butt during our check-ins. He's like, did you cheat on your diet? Did you cheat on your exercises? Um, and I, you know, I, I was, I was definitely struggling in the past couple months because I was just very busy, but I'm trying to pick it up. I just got home from the gym. You know, I just showered. That's, you know, that's why I, I look clean for this, you know, podcast, but that's, you that's know, why you look so fly. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling, but I'm trying to like get on the right track for sure. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you for sharing that with me. And let's jump into A score. So, what the heck is an A score? What's the history of a Hayes score? What are some studies, statistics, and why do we need to know about A scores? I know that was a loaded question, but just tell me everything. All right. All right. Let's get into it. So, A scores, A scores. So, we talked about ACE is an acronym for adverse childhood events. And what it is, it's a scored questionnaire. Now, the the questionnaire gives you one point based on answering yes to the following questions or situations. So I'll just go through them, all right? So the, the situation is you are a parent answering these questions for a child and the child is under 18 years of age for this questionnaire. So number one, child's parents are separated or divorced. Uh, you're, that's. That's one. Two is your child lived with a household member who served time in jail or prison. Three, your child lived with a household member who is depressed, mentally ill, or attempted suicide. Uh, Your child heard or saw household members hurt or threatened to hurt each other. A household member swore at, insulted, humiliated, or put down your child and that scared your child. Or a household member acted in a way that made your child afraid that they might be physically hurt. Someone touched your child's private parts or asked your child to to touch their private parts in a sexual way. More than once, your child went without food, clothing, or a place to live or had no one to protect them. Someone pushed, grabbed, slapped, or threw something at your child, or your child was hit so hard that your child was injured or had marks. Your child lived with someone who had a problem with drinking or using drugs. Your child often felt unsupported, unloved, or unprotected. Your child was in foster care at any point in their life from birth till you know, when we're taking this test. Your child experienced harassment or bullying at school. Your child lived with a parent or guardian who died. Your child was separated from their primary caregiver through deportation or immigration. Your child had a serious medical procedure or medical illness. Your child often saw violence in the neighborhood or school. And the last one is your child was often treated badly due to race, sexual orientation, place of birth, disability, or religion. 
Oh, wow. I actually, I, a lot of those questions I haven't even seen, I've taken the ACE test before. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of those on there, I haven't even heard. So thank you for sharing that. You'll have to send me the link of that exact one and I'll put it in the notes. So that one was from this book. The The book is called uh, The Deepest Well by Dr. Nadine Harris. And she she's actually the Surgeon General of California. Okay. Um, and that book is about childhood trauma and ACE score specifically. Okay. So when you answer all of those, you tally up your score. And what does that mean then? So you get a number, right? This is kind of a measure of childhood trauma. And the history of ACEs started with an article in 1998. The study was done by Dr. Vincent Felitti and Dr. Robert Anda and his colleagues. And I'll tell you just something, I guess, kind of funny to people who are into psychoanalysis. You know, Freud kind of had this idea that you know, all of like character development happens before you're like four years old. And here we are, modern medicine is, you know, kind of catching up to the idea that that early childhood time is super duper important to how the person is going to be for the rest of their life, right? It's not definitive. It's not a one-to-one correlation, but, you know, let's go through the study because I think the study was very interesting. So the way he did the study was he sent out a questionnaire and they tested seven categories. This is a very important part about the study. If somebody is in a household where it's a single mom addicted to crack, father imprisoned or in jail or killed, you know, lower socioeconomic status, you'll say, well, obviously this person has a lower chance of getting better health care. And thus their experiences are not due to the ACE their experiences are due to the socioeconomics. So ACE is not real. It's the socioeconomics that's real. But no, the study corrected for this. So it's if if rich kids had ACE scores, they would also suffer kind of the same things that poor kids would have, mm-hmm. right? That was the whole point of doing the logistical regression. Yeah, that's interesting. So as a psychiatrist, do you find that ACE score is important and or how does it affect your clients or your patients now? And do we need to worry about what our ACE score is? Frankly, I mean, look, I, I always try to make it an important thing to ask about the patient's childhood, right? I think that gives you a great clue into who they are, right? When you're, when you're a kid and you are facing a difficult kind of experience, Uh, multiple difficult experiences, it it changes the way you react to experiences. I know so far we've been talking about all the really rough things and, and, you know, it's not that there's no hope, but trauma changes us fundamentally. Trauma changes who we are and it, it changes our reactions to things. So similarly, you go to the gym, you work out a little, your muscles get stronger and you get like a progressive overload kind of picture, right? Trauma is like making a newborn baby lift weights. You're gonna tear something. It's The muscle is not gonna get stronger. It's gonna be completely defunct, right? It's never going to get better actually. So a lot of times trauma is kids bearing things that they should not be bearing. Yeah. You mentioned that in that study, they found that people who are kept gaining weight, they had higher ACEs. 
And what kind of impact do ACEs have on our health? Like what are, what is some of the data that shows that a higher ACE score means you will have this kind of health? So back to Dr. Folletti's study, persons who had experienced four or more categories of childhood exposure, so four of the seven he asked about, compared to those who had experienced none, had a four to 12-fold increased health risks for alcoholism, drug abuse, depression, and suicide attempt. A two to four-fold increase in smoking, poor self-related health, and this one I found interesting, greater to or equal to 50 sexual intercourse partners and sexually transmitted diseases, and a 1.4 to 1.6-fold increase in physical inactivity and severe obesity. The mental health part, you kind of could have guessed, right? You know, people with bad childhood experiences, more likely to be depressed, but cancer, heart attacks, liver disease, lung, you know, asthma, what is the relation between that, right? How deep does the trauma affect our body, right? Is it past our brain? Is it our entire person? And, you know, this was a brand new study in its time. And and Dr. Folletti was was heavily criticized, by the way, right? People are like, no, there's too many confounding variables. This is not, this is not real. This is not true. But a plethora of research has, has come after it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's funny because you don't, I personally never thought about these childhood traumas myself until I had my own kids. And then you're handed these like kids and you're supposed to like teach them to be good people. And then all these traumas are coming to surface from when you were a kid and like you don't know how to act. And I find I think that a lot of my listeners can relate to that, too. So if one of my listeners were to take the ACE test and figure out what their score is. What can they do with that then? Like, what do they do with that score? But before I get exactly there, I actually wanted to comment on this specific thing. I'm I'm not a parent just yet. You know, sometime down the line, I plan on having kids. And the idea that I'm in unintentionally hurting my child, right, is like a, a huge amount of guilt. Uh, a person commented and asked me, how does somebody who got divorced, like, come to terms with this? They, they say, like, am I a bad parent that I involuntarily hurt my child? So, Dr. Alfari, you're telling me all of these terrible things about ACE scores. And you're telling me because I left my partner, I hurt my kid. Like, I really hurt them. I hear how that sounds. And I kind of want to tell you, like, a lot of the things on the ACE score are factors beyond our control. And guilt surrounding it is definitely real. But if you were with a partner who's abusive and you had to leave them, right, to create a healthier environment for yourself, yeah, sure, your 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 child might be suffering because of that, but you save them three other ACE scores because they don't have to grow up in an abusive kind of household, right? Or even if it's for your own kind of well-being. I mean, you know, the ACE score is not fair, right? One of the things on there was a child living with a parent who passed away. How do you fault somebody for passing away, right? It's it's it just because they, these things exist doesn't mean they're fair, and we should just try to adjust the factors that we can control. Yeah, thank you for saying that because you're right; it's not fair. And when I when I took the test, there was a lot of things that I was like, "Wow!" Like, I don't think any of this was intentional by my mom. Right. You know, like single mom, refugee, immigrant. Like, I you know, <laughs> I hit a lot right. of those aces, right? But my mom's amazing and she did everything she could to make our life amazing. And now 
I'm trying to deal with all of my mental health stuff and just knowing that there are a lot of traumas from childhood that put me here helps me to go back and try to resolve my own issues around that. And that, but that's, that's what I'm doing in therapy. But so that's why I was curious with, with you, what would you say? Like, okay, now I know my A score. What does that mean? Do I need therapy? Do I need to see a psychiatrist? Okay. So yeah, I mean, this is definitely not a one size fits all answer. So to prepare for this podcast, I did I did do some digging about interventions to tackle ACE scores specifically. And the data is that it's unclear, right? There's no good data. What is the right thing to do? I think that's actually not a fair way to address it, right? Because ACE scores, they are vague, right? One thing on there is having a person in your life who is in jail. The other thing is being in foster care. The other thing is being sexually abused, right? And, and there are therapies for each of those specific things. I mean, they center around trauma, right? But there is, you know, sexual abuse trauma and having a parent who died trauma are two different traumas and they require two different kinds of therapists, mm -hmm. right? I think a fundamental aspect of healing in anything regarding mental health is first empowering yourself to find help, right? And, and being making your health a priority. I actually think first line is therapy, right? Medications are only there if you need them or if they're appropriate. Listen, therapy is the hard part, right? Medication has its trials, right? But the psychiatrist, a good psychiatrist will give you the medication you need, right? But I'm an Egyptian male and uh, I might not feel comfortable with a therapist who's somebody not like me. I might want an, another Egyptian male therapist because that's somebody I can relate to. Therapy is a little bit different. You got to find somebody that you're really comfortable with. Yeah. We talked about this when we first opened up here before I started recording. Getting help for mental health and psychiatry is very, very difficult in the U.S. anyway. And you and I both know this. And I've been really open about my therapy journey in the last year. But I got really lucky. I go to a women's OB clinic and they happen to have a nurse practitioner who specializes in mental health for women. And it just so happens that they like caught my postpartum mood disorder, et cetera, et cetera. I got into therapy, but I got lucky. Like that doesn't happen. And as a psychiatrist from, from your chair, sitting in your chair, what is the best way or best recommendation you have for somebody who's like, I need help. Something's wrong mentally with me and I don't know what to do from here. Um, a lot of people have asked me, like, do I just bring it up to my doctor? How do I see a psychiatrist? What do I do? When do I need to well, see a psychiatrist? Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's fair. I mean, look, a lot of psychiatrists don't do therapy anymore. I think that's a shame. You know, that used to be a big part of like what we do. But the good news is a lot of people do do therapy, right? So that's that's very important. Number two, not all therapy is created equally, but actually let's talk about access first. There's a website I recommend to them and uh, they don't they don't endorse me, but at this point, I think they definitely should. There's a website called Psychology Today. You can type in your zip code and you can actually search by insurance on that website. Nice. Uh, and you can, you can find therapists, psychiatrists and teletherapy or telepsychiatry on there. Asking your primary care is not a bad idea. And there are always mental health practitioners who are who pay out of pocket to those who can afford that i think that's a great option 
no matter how, how much I sugarcoat it, I don't think we're in a good place with mental health in this country. So I don't want to defend uh, accessibility of mental health care because, you know, we, we could be doing a better job. Um, there needs to be more funding put into it. Once we get a little bit of that going and everybody's a little bit unwinds the trauma a little bit, you know, I think we can move forward. But definitely access is a big issue. You say people should go to therapy and a psychiatrist don't really do therapy that much anymore. Can you mm -hmm. kind of explain what your role is in the whole process? A lot of people do therapy. However, psychiatrists and nurse practitioners are really the only people that prescribe uh, medication. You know, that that's not true. The, the number one uh, prescriber of psychotropic medication in the country are primary care physicians. In, in terms of when it gets a little bit more complicated, the people who typically handle that are psychiatrists and nurse practitioners um, because they prescribe. The other, the therapists, the people who primarily do therapy, they are not trained in a medical model, so they don't prescribe medication. So Thank unfortunately, you. we've been relegated to being uh, the people you see for your pill, but uh, <laughs> not much else. So I, and I'm hoping to kind of change that culture too, but I, I get why this is kind of like where we're at because there's just a huge shortage of psychiatrists even. So, yeah. And um, from my experience, I feel like psychiatrists do the more like in-depth diagnosing too. Like a primary can be like, yeah, you got a little depression, a little anxiety. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but then the psychiatrist be like, oh, you got OCD or you got this, you got that. Is that true? Yeah. I mean, I think you're going to pick up on things a little bit. It's a specialty. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, I mean, you know, uh, as a psychiatrist, I can tell you if a patient is hypertensive, like has high blood pressure, but I, I probably would stop there. A cardiologist would tell you like, you know, they have a renal issue and like they have a renal issue because they're salt or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. God, God bless whatever the cardiologists do, but you know, I wouldn't know. And mm -hmm. similarly, they would have no idea that this person, okay, is in a depressive state right now, but primarily they have a personality issue and this personality issue is kind of linked to their abandonment from their childhood, you know, whatever, you know, and, and, you know, the psychiatrist could wax poetic about what's going on with that, but that's because we, we ask. So this was one of the top questions. Can you still have mental health illness and or disorder, even if you have a low or zero A score, like no childhood trauma, can you still like end up with depression, anxiety, et cetera? Yes, you can. And even with a high A score, you could still avoid severe mental illness. But let me answer the first question first. Can somebody develop PTSD later in life? Absolutely. Schizophrenia and bipolar are, they're much more neurologically based kind of disorders, right? Uh, specifically schizophrenia. The science around ACE is not perfect, mm -hmm. but it's, it's, it's undeniable. So similarly, can a person who smokes cigarettes for their whole life avoid getting lung cancer? Absolutely, right? Can a person who never smokes cigarettes get lung cancer? Yes. Mm -hmm. When I first found out about ACE, I'll tell you the reason why I even posted about it is because I was like, how do we not screen for this on every initial interview? Yeah. Everybody, not just us, everybody. How did not like PCPs screen? How don't cardiologists screen? How don't cancer doctors screen, right? I feel like this should be a part of your basic healthcare. What kind of effect does childhood trauma have on 
big T and little T traumas. How can it affect your memories? Like I, some, I can't remember most of my childhood. Why? There's definitely maybe some sort of like link to dementia, but I think what you're actually asking is about a defense mechanism called repression. There are mature and so-called immature defense mechanisms that we can have to trauma. So there is suppression, which is the mature defense mechanism, but repression is you are repressing the memory from your conscious, your consciousness. And that is kind of like a protective factor that your subconscious does. If you don't remember something, it's hard to be constantly re-traumatized by it. Mm-hmm. One example that Lavinia gave in episode three was trauma to a child can be like getting lost in a supermarket. Like that can oh, leave you absolutely. with trauma and that can be like, so is that something that can like block your memory and, you know, so you suppress or repress your memory from something like yeah, that? Sure. I mean, that that could happen. But, you know, I did actually want to get on this other subject about the little traumas and the big traumas. Right. Yeah. So now here's a question. Right. These are the ones that are done in the study. Now, is it fair to say those are the only traumas that are valid? Absolutely not. Okay, so that's one thing. Now, here's another thing. So the word trauma is is a bad word, but the word resilience is also kind of like a bad word because it's used in a bad way. But I think it's totally healthy for kids to be like involved in a situation where they're involved with, you know, something, they're playing a game, you know, they're swimming, they're playing soccer, they're competing and they lose, but they're supported, right? Mm -hmm. But they know what losing feels like. Mm-hmm. right or they work really hard and they win they know what winning feels like mm-hmm. you know they make a mistake and you punish them the punishment doesn't have to be traumatic right so it's like if you punish your kid it's trauma it's no they need to be taught what's right and what's wrong just don't do it in a way that's traumatizing to the kid well thank you thank you for answering all those questions about aces and i'm so glad i found you on social media i originally found you when i was searching for experts in aces and yeah i i like that you said that they're great but they're also to be kind of taken with a grain of salt right and they're mostly like big t's big traumas um so thank you for your time do you want to tell everybody where they can find you on social media and how they can get a hold of you if they need to sure absolutely my my handle on instagram is joseph alfar it's elf as in frank ar dot md um i you know i i'm i'm always on there i'm like you know half of my friends make fun of me for this account so totally like because i spend so much time on there um totally uh you know reach out send a direct message i'm more than happy to chat i will say though um just to keep it out there no i don't give medical advice on instagram i get that i get that request quite a lot and uh as much <laughs> as i'd love to help it's just not the platform to do right that. yeah um but and, you know chatting i'm all for it yeah and that's also a disclaimer down it at the bottom of my podcast all of this is just conversation nothing diagnosable so right. thank exactly. you for your time So you probably want to know your ACE score at this point. I will make sure to put an ACE score test down below. You can even just Google it. Honestly, they're everywhere. But take it with a grain of salt, like Joe said. And 
I will also link below the Psychology Today website if you are looking for therapy. Again, this episode was only a conversation. It was not a diagnosis. And if you are in serious need for mental health help, I will also link resources down below for anyone that may need them. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you give me a follow at Mama Knows Podcast on Instagram, at Balkanina on Instagram, where I share more of my personal life. And give me a review and subscribe to my podcast. Let's chat soon.